Oh yeah, what's going on everybody? <laughs> it's Game That Tune Gems and we are back in the house for the month of April. It's your boy John Harrington here and we got uh, we got the full gang here with us. We got John Regan say hey. Hey. We got Jesse Moore say nay. <laughs> nay. And we've got David Fleming say hey. <laughs> Hey. hey, 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 guys! It's uh, hey for horses. Yeah, uh, that, see, that's why I said that's why I asked him to say, guys. We were we were really uh, on a horse tangent uh, pre-show, <laughs> you know. But I'm sorry uh, to disappoint everybody. I think this is going to be a pretty horseless episode. Um, this uh, I, it's uh, GTT Gems, the video game music show where we look back 30, 20, and ten years and listen to some tunes uh, every month. So we're listening to music from April. Of 1991, 2001, and 2011, and I mean, I, I'm looking down the list, and I, I don't think there's a horse in sight, Jesse. So you're gonna have to just find a different tangent to put inside yourself. Hey, uh, but don't you know. saddle that on me. Okay, Jesse, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to rein it in, Jesse. Yeah, <laughs> bingo. Take it on down to the old town road. Um, Man, guys, I just gotta say, I'm so hungry. I could eat it. Wait, no, that's not gonna work. Hungry like a horse? No, hung like a horse. That's David. Um, <laughs> we got a great show coming up, guys. It's it's a month of irrelevant, barely existent releases. So we got to jump into it, man. We got a stacked lineup. We're jumping back in time right now. April 1991 coming up. All right, guys. So, like I said, we're starting off with a with a game that I frankly, I, I didn't know existed. Uh, I'm confused by this. It, it came out. It was released April 1991 for the NES. It seems to predate the movie uh, tie-in by about eight years or so, and it seems to be a different theme altogether. The movie that I remember watching was about a little British boy that just wanted to dance, and this game. Uh, is called Bill Elliott's NASCAR Challenge. And I just don't understand the connection between that and the charming British movie about the uh, little boy that just wants to dance. Maybe David can explain it. Why do you jump to me? Because you like Billy Elliott. It's a great movie. Oh, I thought you, it was going to be because I'm such a huge NASCAR fan. Oh, yeah, fan. Well, that's why I'm going to throw it to Johnny next to fill in the NASCAR question marks. <laughs> Oh, well, fun fact, this is actually the very first uh, video game to secure the NASCAR license. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they so managed has... to get famous, you know, notable race car driver, Bill Elliott. Yeah. Known as uh, Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. Okay, well, that's... I, I like the idea that the NES hit mainstream popularity in 1985, and finally someone secured the NASCAR rights <laughs> six years later. Listen, we've sold like 150 million of these things. Do you want to do a NASCAR game or not? Uh, you can have Bill Elliott. That's that's all we're going to give you. <laughs> so so in the NAS, uh, like your typical NASCAR... How much horsepower would you say is inside? See, I, that's the thing. I I only know about engine sizes as it relates to like Mario Kart, and apparently those don't really apply. Like you know, no, like a, a NASCAR has a much larger than one hundred fifty cc engine. Uh, so no, I have no idea the horsepower involved in these uh, these cars, but I, I have to assume it's immense. Uh, you know, you just <laughs> you kind of strap in and feel the G's, baby. Uh, so. We got two fantastic songs from Bill Elliott's NASCAR Challenge. Again, uh, Johnny, what was that guy's nickname? Uh, it was um, Awesome Bill that... from Dawsonville. Yes. Listen, I'll, I'll, you know they should have just called the game that. Fuck the NASCAR yeah. license. They well, should have yeah. called the game Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. 
He also had another nickname, Million Dollar Bill. Okay, well, that's kind of cool. Pretty good. A little, you know. It, it would be cooler if he passed out million dollar bills with his likeness on them and he had to then clarify that they were not legal tender. But anyway, we got two fantastic <laughs> songs from Bill Elliott's NASCAR Challenge and uh, composers Michael Sorkirka and Chris Hatfield. We've got the menu music and we've got the race results. bopping music for the results because uh spoilers for the in-game music it ain't there it's the sound of revving engines on an nes sound chip um and i just realized how boring a nascar challenge would be on the nes can you imagine doing like 500 laps on a fucking nes game like surely they found a way to you know kind of zazz that up but if they got the nascar license i assume nascar wanted to be true to life well do you think like in a nascar game 
they make it like shorter like maybe you just do 50 laps because like when you play like a football game you usually play like five minute quarters that's true you know, yeah so they, hockey game same thing you know cut it down to like a third of the time or so yeah. and and the clock runs in weird ways on like madden games so yeah that's probably what it is that you know it's probably just like four laps and you're done that's your nascar <laughs> challenge daytona 500 you do four laps you're done <laughs> Well, so Daytona 500 isn't called Daytona 500 because it's 500 laps. I know, it's, it's 500, 500 miles. 500 miles. But which, the, oh, thank God. For a second, I thought maybe the track was only like a quarter mile. It would be like 1,000 laps. 2,000 laps. No. <laughs> no, so it turns out that the track is like two and a half miles. So okay. significantly less laps. That's good. That's 200 good. laps. Okay, so yeah. So in the game, they probably make you do like six laps uh to cover the daytona 500 that's the challenge can you complete the daytona 500 in merely six laps uh you know if you're million dollar bill elliott maybe um and so this next game uh it's funny we've talked about this series a number of times and i feel like i still have not really figured out what it is and why i should care about it but i'm drawn to the name i'm captivated by it i'm like daniel craig in fucking knives out you know it makes no sense to me but it captivates me i'm talking about a sequel on the NES, Nobunaga's Ambition Two. Listen, oh good. I, I again, there's something about that name that just draws me in. I mean, you know, this this Nobunaga, an ambitious man, uh, so ambitious that he got a sequel on the NES. Uh, Jesse, did you play a uh, you know Ambition Two for uh, for no. short as the we call it in the Inner Circle? Like strategy games on the NES are not my cup of tea because. Oh boy, there's a lot to be desired, you know. Yeah. You so, know what though? I bet Nobunaga rode on a horse. You think so? You oh, think Oh, I'm I'm 100%. You think this game has horse units? Yes. Okay. I can guarantee it. Uh, yeah. Can I go back to how John was talking about how he doesn't know much about this series but is just drawn to the name because he's not familiar with it at all mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. yet somehow is a part of the inner circle of this series? Yeah, that calls it Ambition 2. Yeah, the Nobunaga's implied, David. Who else has ambition? Go look up video games about ambition and see if any other names come up. I guarantee you they don't. I think technically all video games are about ambition. <laughs> oh, so the ambition is applied oh. in every game title ever besides Nobunaga's ambition. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah like Kirby's Dreamland ambitions. Hmm. Kirby has zero ambition. Yeah, he dude. just wants to eat and fuck. Of all and then the characters to cite with ambition, you go with Kirby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Kirby, Kirby does have ambition. He has the ambition to finish his nap, and when the nightmare demon ruins it, then yep. he's going to fuck shit yeah. up mm-hmm. and then go back to finish his nap. Exactly. It's sucking time after that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, we got two fantastic songs from Nobunaga's Ambition 2 and composers Yoko Kano <laughs> and Mitsuo Yamamoto. We've got the opening, Rival Chiefs Rise to Action, and we've got Death.
know, we just don't play enough, like, kind of downbeat death music on this show. I felt like it was the right move this time. I don't know. You know, we'll, uh, uh, trying to mix it up. Talk, yeah. you know, figure out the, the ambition of Nobunaga and uh, play deathly music. It's, uh, you know, something we're doing this month. Again, you know, this, this is a weird month, guys. So April ambition. Uh, uh, exactly. Ambitious April for uh, for Game of the Tune Gems. So moving on to another sequel. You know, you thought Nobunaga was cool. What about this famous guy that got a sequel on the NES? Uh, you know, I, think, I feel like this game should have ambition in the title. This game is merely RoboCop 2, but would it be better if it was RoboCop's Ambition 2? Maybe. Maybe. What it, maybe. I don't know. Does RoboCop really have ambition, or does he have just, like, programmed goals and, like, you know, law enforcement that he has to conduct? Yeah, I feel yeah. like his his ambition is, I would say, more like keeping the streets clean. Yeah. You know? Fuck yeah, RoboCop has ambition. He's trying to restore his humanity. That's the entire point of the first film. Well, but, David, but this, this is RoboCop, RoboCop 2. Too. <laughs> so what's his ambition now? Shooting dicks. Well, exactly. More dick shots. That depends. Did he get everything that he needed in RoboCop? I don't Did wanna... RoboCop say all we needed to say about robocop's journey it's pretty clear it didn't uh, <laughs> clearly there was a franchise to be uh, milked and robocop was it now it, it's a it's a robocop 2 tie-in game i assume you can uh you're just gunning motherfuckers down as robocop you know as was the style at the time and uh yeah yeah uh, hopefully you can aim for the dick like robocop uh, it's got two fantastic songs from composer jonathan dunn we've got zone two and we've got the boss battle from once again robocop's ambition two Thank <laughs> you. 
good vibe you know robocop famously you know i i, I didn't see robocop too honestly so i don't know, if, you know like was he fighting a bunch of like jive motherfuckers was there funk music playing all the time like, <laughs> <laughs> like what was happening in robocop 2 that justified those sounds <laughs> i think he rode on a horse I'm gonna, I'm gonna no find... you're thinking of robocop 3 where he gets a jetpack oh yeah. yeah robocop 3 that was the one where he went back in time uh to feudal japan and yes. uh yeah yeah there was definitely horses in that fought uh, the ninja turtles right god they all show up in feudal japan at the same time and sting is there too <laughs> what a fucking movie um and i want to move on to another game what... <laughs> go on 
I was just gonna say, I know it's a bit, but goddamn, I would love to see Robocop in feudal Japan. Dude, it'd be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> be so good. People uh, mistaking him for some kind of odd samurai with his armor, and then he just pulls out his gun and shoots them. Yeah. <laughs> you have been judged dishonorable. Bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my dick. <laughs> Why did you shoot me? (laughs) We can write it, fellas. (laughs) The only honorable death is a dick-blasted death. Bow! (laughs) Um, So another game for the NES. Uh, Man, what a a pedigree on this one. Um, You know, we all uh, played famously one boxing game on the NES, and it was probably this one. Which game am I talking about? Oh, I thought you were about the Ring King, is it? Ring King? That sounds dope. No, it's not that. Um, it's not Power Punch 2. It's not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It's not regular Punch-Out with Mr. Dream. Hmm. No, this is World Champ. Um, man, guys, what a what a game, this World Champ. As, as awesome as its title implies, what uh, a telling title. It's so easy to Google World Champ for the NES. <laughs> um, yeah. it? So easy to find information for this. Uh, it is kind of fun though. This is uh, it, it's actually a two-player boxing game, so it is a fighting game on the NES, Ooh. which is fun. Uh, and it it does have the uh, poorly translated Japanese subtitle of "World Champ: Colon Super Boxing Great Fight." Uh, that is <laughs> what the title rolls says. off the tongue. Exactly. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's crap, but it's it's <laughs> fun like NES crap. You're like you know, it's like oh yeah, Punch Out was cool. But what if you could play two-player punch-out? It's like, all right, well, I want to beat Mike Tyson. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You'll all just be generic boxers. And it won't resemble punch-out at all. It'll just be a crappy boxing fighting game on the NES. Like, fine, I might rent that if I, you know, if you give it a snappy title, I'll, I'll consider renting it. Oh, we're calling it World Champ. No, no one knows what this game is. It's dumb. Is it better or worse than Urban Champion? It's easily better. Streets ahead of Urban Champion. Good God. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, this this should be re-released more often than Urban Champion. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, getting shot in the dick by feudal RoboCop is better than Urban Champion. I'm saying, uh, mm. truly. But uh, it does have, for some reason, a uh, fantastic composer attached to it. It is uh, composed by Masaharu Iwata. Ooh. Yes. Um, famously, if I'm recalling correctly, of like Ogre Battle and Final Fantasy Tactics fame. For yeah. some reason, he... Yeah, yeah. Early on was composing shitty boxing game. <laughs> gotta so, start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta program those boxing noises for World Champ. And so we got two fantastic songs. We got the title screen and we got the match music from World Champ colon Super Boxing Great Fight. Let's go. 
It's got dope-ass match music. I like it. And I forgot to mention, it is, you know, it's a two-player game, but also they do have a one-player campaign, and you fight against a bunch of generic boxers, like, just kind of all different swaps of hair and skin and whatever. And then the final boss, uh, the final boxer is uh, somebody named, like, Hardhead. Uh, <laughs> and it's fucking Mike Tyson. It's just Mike Tyson again. <laughs> like, it's, it's a black guy with, like, a fancy cut in, like, you know, like a part cut into his hair. I'm like, oh! So they just, you know, they, they wanted you to know it was Mike Tyson. They're like, no, it's wink, hard head. Uh, 
Man, what a game. So we're moving off the NES, guys. You know, off that fantastic run of games for the NES. So let's, let's head over to the Sega Genesis. Johnny, I want you to tell me about this uh, leader from the first Persian Empire, Darius II, for the Genesis. Oh, I believe you're talking about that I, le- Oh shit, I got nothing. I, I thought I was talking about Darius the Second, the you know, the leader of the Persian Empire. Is that not the game that I'm talking about here? Why would they call it Darius the Second if it's not about that man? Uh I think it's a I don't think it's supposed to be Darius the Second. I think I think it's supposed to be Darius II, the Secret of the Ooze. I'm pretty sure it's actually the correct title. Oh, uh, okay. That's probably that's probably it. You know, so what was the secret of the ooze? What what turned Darius, the uh, Persian leader, into a uh, scrolling shooter? Um, I think it was the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking Darius and got in some ooze, and then it you know, uh, he shot some shit. John, you know, you know, the, you know the classic saying: a good ooze never feels its secrets. So <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> You know, they, did they ever really in the Ninja Turtles reveal the secret of the ooze, or was it just like, all right, well, this is what oh. happens if you use the ooze, like, you know, you get big, real big, but like, it didn't seem very secret. Seemed like everybody knew what was happening. Shredder drank the shit. He, he got jacked. Yeah, but, I think the secret of the ooze was inside us the whole time. That's right. Yeah, it, you know, it was like uh, Michael Jordan's secret stuff in fucking Space Jam. It was just water. And the the snapping turtle and the wolf, they wanted to be that big. There was nothing wrong with that. Anyway, yeah, so, so Darius 2 is a scrolling shooter for the Sega Genesis. Um, it, I think to uh, avoid confusion in encyclopedia entries was eventually renamed Sagaya, um, which, you know, that, that's less interesting than Darius 2. But again, if I'm in the encyclopedia trying to look up information on Darius 2, the uh, ruler from Persia, and I end up you know, doing a book report instead on Darius 2, the Sega Genesis game from April of 1991, I'd be oh pretty furious. <laughs> so, I mean, I actually remember some pretty cool things about this game. Oh, go for it. Um, Shit, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to jump in, um, but you were talking about book reports. Um, I remember there's... There's the level where you have to crush the Medes Rebellion. And I remember like the main part of it comes from like, not like a co-op thing, but you're really dependent on Perisatis, who's your wife, who does. Wait, no. Are you I'm talking about, about Darius, Darius II, II, the Emperor? Uh, Darius II, yeah. the Emperor of Persia. God see, damn it. see what happens, David? You thought you had dynamite drop-ins about this awesome scrolling shooter, and you talked about the fucking Persian ruler. That's why they had to change the name to Sagaya, son of a bitch. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's got good music. It's Darius II, uh, a.k.a. Sagaya, composer Hisayoshi Ogura, and we've got two, uh, two fantastic songs. We've got Muse Valley, and we've got Olga Breeze.
Yeah, pretty good. Okay, so if we figured out, um, do we have anything else to say about Darius Two, the game? The game? No. Darius Rucker. God, is it is it about Darius Rucker? Is he is he Darius the second? The, is he the most recent Darius the second, or is he is he just the first Darius? Uh, forget it. Uh, yeah, the, it's a fine game, fine fine game. Um, yeah, missiles, bombs, Persian rulers. That's all there is to say. Uh, so we got another fantastic game that I'm sure we've all played for the Sega Genesis. A uh, little game uh, that actually I don't think I did play it for Sega Genesis. I think I played it on the any the Super Nintendo Switch thing. Dave, or maybe oh, fuck, I'm I'm misremembering. David, uh, did you play Valis Three? No, I think you mean Valis the Third. Oh fuck, em- I'm Emperor, thinking of Emperor of Prussia. Oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> went from Darius Two to Valis the Third. Is this a like secret history podcast? Yeah, now? dude. Yeah, we've had Nobunaga's ambition. We've had RoboCop traveling in time. We've had you know <laughs> Darius the Second and Valis the Third. This uh, yeah. God, you know, guys, I'm actually, I'm using this Jim's episode to write a book report, okay? <laughs> it's going to be like the Bill and Ted book report. It's going to be just wildly all over the place, but it's going to get me an A, baby. <laughs> Sounds radical. Yeah. Um, party on, dudes. But no, uh, Valis 3, it's a side-scrolling action game featuring a cool female heroine, and uh, this one, I guess you, it added the ability to swap characters on the fly, kind of like Castlevania 3. Um, Why didn't I play this? Yeah, David, I I really thought that I uh, I, I thought that was a home run for you. It is. is this on the Switch Online? <laughs> that's service? the that's the thing I was actually kind of quietly trying to look up. It, you know, it's no okay no uh, true to Super NES fashion. The one that's on the Switch Online is Super Valis Four, not Valis Three. But uh, I have played a little bit of Super Valis Four, and yeah, it's fine. It's like you know, big sprites fun action you you know kind of running hitting shit with a whip like yeah cool fun uh david you should play super valis 4 if you haven't yet it's on your switch online thing i assume you pay for that i think i will think you should um but yeah so we got two songs from valis 3 uh or i'm sorry johnny valis the third for the uh for the sega genesis thank you from composer june hasebe we've got ninjinkai and sutherland from valis the third
Yeah, seriously, David, if I can't sell this to you based on the, you know, hot female heroine with, like, the energy beams or whatever, I can sell it to you on the soundtrack. It's, the soundtrack's a fucking slap. So. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Um, so we're moving on to something I'm sure Jesse will finally be able to jump in on, uh, you know, and just just ride and uh, talk to, you know, talk about horses all the time. This is a, the, We found it. This is the horse game. A uh, little game for the Game Boy. Let me, uh, let me set the table for you. Legendary video game music composer David Wise is here. It's the Game Boy. And the game is WWF Superstars, Jesse. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I played that one. Didn't play this one? No. Uh, does it say who's in it? Uh, no, because I'm not looking at the page for it right now. Okay. But it was 1991, um, so I think you could take a guess okay. as to Let's who see. was in so, it. Probably like Hogan, Macho Man... Um, there's a chance Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter probably. Maybe Ted Sheik. DiBiase. Oh, Ted. Yeah, yeah, Million Dollar Man. Yep. Um, probably yeah. That, oh, you mean Bill Elliott? Andre the Giant. Oh yeah, maybe the Million Dollar Bill Elliott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tried his hand at wrestling after they got that NASCAR license. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Probably um, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I, I got yeah. the list pulled up. Yeah, uh, five uh, five wrestlers. Five? That's Hulk, it? Hulk, yep. Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, The Million Dollar Man, Bill Elliott, and Mr. Perfect. <laughs> oh, Mr. Perfect. Good old okay. Mr. Perfect. Fantastic. Eh, yeah. Not really a good cast. It, no, not so much, man. Especially like, two, out of, two out of five I don't want to talk about. Like, you know, yeah. I don't want to fucking talk about Hulk or uh, Ultimate Warrior ever again. Like, uh, Macho Man's awesome. But, I love Macho I mean, Man. I, I feel bad talking about him. I mean, I, I, Ever since the last time we talked about him on the podcast, and I made fun of him for dying, uh, <laughs> you know, not my finest hour. <laughs> yeah. uh, what geez. an idiot! <laughs> yeah. I was a fucking jerk. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't really make fun of him per se for dying. I just, I, I think I made a little bit too much light of him dying, which. Uh, mm. Fuck me, man. I yeah, I love Macho Man Randy Savage. It was done affectionately, truly. Yeah. Anyway, uh yeah, we got two fantastic songs from WWF Superstars. David, is there something wrong? <laughs> do you want to do your Macho Man impression to yes. rinse that uh this How taste do you out of your affectionately mouth? mock someone's death? <laughs> the way but I did was... go listen to the episode, man. I love the okay. guy. <laughs> it was a harmless rib. Yeah, exactly. Wrestlers rib each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And if if you watched Macho Man Randy Savage and didn't know that man was doing cocaine, which was going to lead to an exploded heart, then, you know, you just weren't paying attention to wrestling in the 90s. Like, that's just how it goes. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, we got two fantastic songs from WWF Superstars. I'm actually not clear on which one this first one is, but we're going to venture a guess that it's Mr. Perfect's theme. And then we've got... I hate to use Hulk Hogan's theme, but it is iconic it's and it sounds good. sounds really fucking funny coming out of a Game Boy sound chip. So we got Hulk Hogan's theme uh, as the second song.
just imagine how pissed David Wise must have been when he got like the sheet music for that, and they were like, "Yeah, okay, program that with a Game Boy." And he's just like, mm-hmm. "Fuck." <laughs> do you guys yeah, have any doorbells I could just do instead? Exactly. Can I just play it on a fucking doorbell? <laughs> Son of a bitch. All right, so we're closing out 1991 with a fantastic game that I know we all played. Maybe not on this system. I'm talking about Turbo Graphics 16. <laughs> And the first appearance on TurboGrafx-16 of a rather iconic fella. Little man famously blows things up. It's kind of part of his name. Talking about Bomber Man for the TurboGrafx-16. Yeah, he's cool. I love yeah. I love Bomber Man games. Yep. Uh, you know, they're just fantastic fun. They're good multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. I feel like... I mean, there were probably a shit ton of Bomberman games in the Turbo Graphics, but I feel like the Bomberman on Turbo Graphics, you could, there was some special peripheral, and you could actually have five people play at once. Yep, I believe that's correct, and that is a, like one of the funniest things. Like five, you overshot. Four was enough. <laughs> like who has four other friends? What what like Bomberman course is has five corners in which to start. Some crazy <laughs> Pentagon course. Oh, so like, start in the middle. Yeah, I would love. No, to play. no, no. no. <laughs> They'll just. You remember killed. the Hail Satan course? <laughs> oh yeah, Bomberman goes to hell on the Turbo Graphics 16. <laughs> hell yeah, that's what this was. <laughs> I mean, I look, look at that face. That's the face of a character that worships Satan. Have yeah. you have you seen the cover art for the original Bomberman? It does look like they're in hell. Yeah, the original Bomberman cover art was. it's got some Mega Man 1 cover art vibes yeah man what was it like why did they have to like change the character like you know I think it was like pretty well established by the arcade game and stuff like what this character looked like and then they hand that over to America it's like you know what it needs to be is like a guy in a bomb disposal suit where you can see his realistic eyes through the things like no 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 it's a little (laughs) cartoon guy what are you doing like yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Let's have men in bomb disposal suits. Let's have hurt locker guys going at it uh, in a realistic explosion setting. Like, oh fucking you idiots! <laughs> like, oh, fun fact: this is one of Jeremy Renner's earliest performances. <laughs> for God, cover art. How funny would it be if they finally made a Bomberman movie and they made it with Jeremy Renner? <laughs> you know, perfect casting. How is that Bomberman for Switch? Uh, I never played it, actually, because I, I knew it was going to be a heavily multiplayer good. game that I wasn't going to have anybody to play with. So, <laughs> David, you didn't play it either? I have not played it, but I've heard it's very, very good. Yeah, I think it's got a bunch of like wacky downloadable Konami stuff like uh, or like unlockable, maybe like you can like play as Vic Viper or like, you know, Belmont and oh, like Pyramid. Head. I think you can play as yeah Pyramid Head. Yeah, which, you know. Pyramid head thrown bombs at a Jeremy Renner. Sounds fucking great. Like <laughs> I'd watch that movie too. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Bomberman on TurboGrafx 16. I feel like we should have another person on the show to talk about it with us. True to the five player nature of Bomberman. Um, but in the anyway, we've got three songs. It's your bonus beats for April of 91. We got three songs from Bomberman. We've got background music two, background music three, and of course we gotta close out with the invincibility music. So we'll see you in the next decade, people. Here we go. Oh wait, uh, not here we go, because I almost forgot to credit fucking Bomberman series composer June Chicky Chikuma. So now here we go. Shout out to June Chikuma.
All right, guys, we've made it. It's April of 2001. What were you up to? I don't know why I always ask this in the 2001 segment. I feel like that's where all our memories start somehow, even though we were all old enough to have memories in 1991. I was about to graduate. (laughs) Fuck yeah, man. Good times. So you were going to celebrate your graduation with a series of unfortunate PlayStation 1 uh, license games, weren't you? That was your style at the time. (laughs) So uh, this actually, uh, you know, I hate to single out Johnny, but it seems like the kind of shit posting idiotic game that Johnny would have just gravitated <laughs> to by now. I want to talk to you about The Simpsons wrestling. Oh, oh man. I actually, <laughs> I actually did play this. I knew it. <laughs> I didn't even have a PlayStation 1. I had Next Virtual Game Station for Mac OS, the first, one of the first commercial PS1 emulators. And that was like a big deal that you could play PlayStation 1 games on your iMac, which is exactly how I played it. Exactly what you used it for, Simpsons Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Got it just for that. Whew, Johnny, thoughts? <laughs> it's not good. Uh, I did like that. I remember Ned Flanders, one of his special moves being that like he could have God strike you with lightning. And I really Dope. enjoyed that. Um, that's about all I remember from it, though. I don't remember being God's a very good tag team partner. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, I distinctly remember you and I playing this, Johnny. And I remember because (laughs) there was a match where you got, I think it was the last game that we played because you got so pissed at me because I played as Flanders. I summoned God's lightning and then I grabbed you. And I didn't, like, throw you or do any move. I just held you while God hammered you with lightning. And you're like, no, fuck it. We're playing something else. That's a good one. I like it, man. Yeah, it's his prayer attack. It's a, it's, and it's it's the most damaging in the game because it causes high damage, stuns instantly, and hits repeatedly anywhere in the ring. What? Yeah, he's an and unlockable character, like... and it's very OP. What the he fuck, has... man? <laughs> I feel like he... If I remember, he has an attack where he like throws Bibles. Yes. And I think they're homing Bibles. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This game is really kind of crazy. Yeah. No, it sounds crazy. It sounds terrible, but uh, crazy. Yeah. It sounds terrible just because I know it's a PlayStation 1 quality uh, Simpsons job. So, like, they were trying for 3D and it just ended up like, you know, looking like fucking Minecraft or some shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, simpsons wrestling what a what a time and you know like how long after this did simpsons uh, before or after this did simpsons skateboarding come out and when did they finally get the flick like we should stop doing really stupid ass shit with the simpsons and just like you know rip off better games instead of trying to put simpsons in i don't know like what were they doing with this simpsons man? tennis <laughs> Yeah, God. Uh, I, I was thinking, like, because, you know, I guess I was like, oh, man, they just stopped doing this, and they put the Simpsons in Crazy Taxi with Road Rage, and then they did Simpsons Grand Theft Auto, and I'm like, wait, you know, but Simpsons Wrestling is just a wrestling game, and then Simpsons Skateboarding is just Tony Hawk ripoff. So, like, what, you know, the, all they were doing was ripping off better stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, God, it's like Roger Myers Sr. making this fucking game. <laughs> Video games are built on plagiarism. <laughs> is there a Simpsons tennis game? No, there should be. Okay, because I feel like yeah, that's something that probably did get cranked out on the N sixty four PS one. Yeah, and I mean there was that episode where Homer built the tennis court in the backyard for no reason, so they could have Venus and Serena Williams as guest stars. Like they could have made a game out of that. Come on, Simpsons. But anyway, uh, so we got two fantastic songs 
from uh, Simpsons Wrestling and no credited composer, of course. Um, you know, probably, I don't know, Danny Elfman or some shit. Uh, we got the uh, Krusty Lou Studios ring and we've got the Quickie Mart stage. we do credit composers on this show johnny's whispering in my ear that this was composed by christopher ting shout out to chris ting for uh composing this did he actually compose this john like it's uh this, this thing he said he actually doesn't list the simpsons wrestling on it so how did, how did you get this information oh i got it from the from wikipedia for the simpsons wrestling that's what uh, i okay. 
that's a good spot. That's a, that's a good, reliable resource there, John. So yeah, shout out Christopher Ting for a fantastic Simpsons wrestling soundtrack. Honestly, the music's pretty good. Uh, you know, I like the like the funky audio, but uh, no, fuck that game. Um, so you know, we're gonna move on from that to a much better licensed game that I, I know that we all had to have played. This seems again like Johnny. He's got a PlayStation One emulator in his computer. He's probably just playing you know the dumbest shit possible so johnny i want to talk to you about a fantastic kart racing game starring the smurfs Ugh. oh yeah smurf, smurf racer yeah i think it was called smurf smurfer you know <laughs> smurf smurfer no it's you know they had to at least say on the cover racer of you know some sort so yeah smurf racer uh a racing game starring the fucking smurfs God. go smurf racer go smurf racer <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's hopped and smurfing as he smurfs around the smurfing track. <laughs> Jesus. He's smurfing on the smurf like he's never smurfing back. <laughs> smurf is waiting just ahead or just a smurf. <laughs> so does smurf only, does like smurf get subbed in for all like nouns and verbs? Does it get, is it an adjective? Can something be like, oh, that's so smurf and smurf. No, I don't think they use those adjectives. I think it's strictly nouns and verbs. So yeah, okay, actions... so nouns and verbs, and not like uh, like prepositions or anything like that. No, no, no. no like not definitely not conjunctions. That would be extremely right, yeah. confusing. <laughs> wow, the Smurf can absolutely not be the past participle. Right. Yeah. You know, let's talk about you know gerunds in the Smurf language. Uh, but no, uh, we're not going to do that. We're just going to play two songs from Smurf Racer because I mean, I saw that on the list. I'm like, well, that can't possibly have anything you know worth worthwhile to say about it. But uh, come on, it's fun. Smurf, you know. It, it's a cart racer with the Smurfs. They're tiny, so the tracks are big. Like it's it's you know things that are also not very large, but they look big. It's fun. Smurf racer. Huh? Is, is Gargamel in it? I'm sure he is. Who knows? I didn't look up anything about this game. It's Smurf racer, Jesse, for the PlayStation One. Smurf racer. Uh, didn't even get the tag soundtrack. Just got two songs from Smurf racer. Yeah, Jesse, shut the Smurf up and just enjoy the game. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your Smurf and Smurf off and enjoy the Smurf, Jesse. <laughs> I love you looking up a list of games, finding Smurf Racer and going, ah, oh, well, that's going on the list. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah, well, that's a chuckler. <laughs> like, good. Sold. Smurf Racer. Here it goes.
it's actually a pretty fine soundtrack yeah smurf racer uh and actually i'm sorry as it was called in europe yeah just uh, the overdone title of three two one smurf colon my first racing game <laughs> yeah bullshit there's no way this was anyone's first racing game <laughs> three two one <laughs> smurf colon <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you can't replace, uh, you know, uh, fucking punctuation marks with Smurfs. So <laughs> anyway, no, um, yeah, <laughs> fucking Smurf racer. I, I'm sorry. Sorry for including it, guys. That was, uh, was not great. So we're going to move on to something that is great. The Sega Dreamcast, right, John? Yes. So great. I want to talk to you about a game that totally exists. It's a real game, John. It's called Mars Matrix. I uh I'm what still... if I filled it in for you? Mars Matrix colon hyper solid shooting. Ooh, that sounds pretty cool. Okay, so I'm, it? <laughs> I'm I'm sold based on the box art alone. Like uh-huh. I, lo- I love it. Okay, Capcom game. Uh, I'm guessing it's a vertical shooting game. Yep, vertical yep. shooting. Ooh, this looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't play it though. You have no idea what this is, huh? Nope. Uh, it's like a super bullet hell shooter for the for the Dreamcast, published by Capcom. It looks pretty cool. Can you play as a Gargamel? You know, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like he was unlockable. That was probably why the Dreamcast failed. Uh, <laughs> unlockable Gargamel and Mars Matrix. They, Wait, they really what? pitched. They really pitched it hard on that, and people rejected it. <laughs> That's what it was. All right, definitely. I'm not buying that Smurfing console. <laughs> Oh God, the Smurfin Dreamcast. Dreamcast. What a, I mean, what a, what a fucking it game! Does, it does. It did present a lot of plot holes. Like, how did Gargamel get to space in the first place? He lives in a castle. <laughs> this magic. True. Magic. He is magic, John. It. Oh, he is, isn't he? I, <laughs> I forgot that part. I feel like he just was to eat the Smurfs. I don't. I don't. I'm not that up to date on my Smurf lore. For, forgot that part he's an evil wizard that's like is his he? whole deal i was wondering yeah. being some creepy weirdo that wants to eat the smurfs that's all he <laughs> is i mean that is essentially what oh, he is true. but he is also an evil wizard but yeah, yeah he is just like some middle-aged bald guy that wants to fucking eat smurfs <laughs> for some reason like it's not great like his main area of his castle like the room they always show has like a giant cauldron that he's constantly stirring like he's yeah. an evil wizard or hear me out He's preparing a stew to throw the Smurfs in. He's just a chef. Yep. Yeah, he just really wants to cook Smurf. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Mars Matrix. Let me just read you this plot synopsis, guys. This sounds like uh, like an Elon Musk dream game. It's 2100. <laughs> Millions of people were starving due to massive food shortages that have caused civil wars around the world. Centuries later, however, the world government sent colonists to Mars, which began to solve these problems. At a nearby farm, the Infinity Chip was discovered and it revealed all the technology of an advanced civilization in 2309. The Declaration of Independence was sent to Earth. Large armies have been amassed on Mars. A gigantic armado is waiting for any attack from the Earth. The Earth government sends a fleet of battleships followed by a special air raid unit called ACID. ACID is equipped with a new fighter ship known as the Mosquito. Their mission is to enter Mars, stop the rebel violence, locate and destroy the rebel leader, whoever or whatever it may be. So yes, it's a it's a game about going to war with Mars after they declare. So wait a minute, it's a game where you were from Earth and you are the Great Britain in this scenario. Mars <laughs> sent you the Declaration of Independence, and now you have to go fight them. Oh God, John! Oh, perfect. This is why the Dreamcast failed. <laughs> <laughs> 
because Mars is the new America, and we're the fucking Redcoats in this game. This is uh, what a weird game. Mars would be the Redcoats, since it's a red planet. Red fucking planet, exactly. Yeah, they get weird. too big for their bridges, and they try to tax the Earth. We don't play that shit down here in America. <laughs> no taxation in this fucking Galactic Federation. Anyway, it's Mars Matrix for the fucking Dreamcast. Um, get your uh, composer. Exactly. It's time to get our asses to Mars with composer Yasushi Kamanishi. We've got stage two and we've got the boss music.
love how fucking grungy that fucking sound is. I, I, I really do enjoy that. Mm. And yeah, I, I think that uh, it seems seems to make sense that by the end of the game, the rebel Mars leader is, of course, Gargamel himself. That, mm. uh, yeah. That's the only logical conclusion based on tonight's discussion. We are careening all over the place. First it was horses, now it's Gargamel. We're fucked up, guys. Anyway, you know we're we're you know rolling and falling all over the place, uh, much like a uh, beloved character did in his first entry on the Game Boy Color. I want to know which of you Game Boy boys played this bizarre entry in the Kirby series. Any of oh, you guys do a little little tilting and tumbling? I was waiting on Johnny to or Jesse to see if they had no, done it. No, I have. I have not tilted uh, or tumbled. Yeah, today, I played at least. this game. If I remember, it's been Didn't a very have an very external battery. <laughs> yeah, well, the cartridge had an accelerometer built into it. Um, right. Yeah, so it, like, didn't it take like a double A battery to play this game? <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Maybe I'm misremembering. I don't actually remember. Dang. I recall some games with Rumble having a battery to power the Rumble pack built in, but I th- I don't think this one needed a battery. Yeah, I think it just had the built-in p- pack. Like, <laughs> what's the word? Accelerometer. That's the word right. I'm thinking of. It was just a large cartridge. <laughs> yeah. A large well, yeah, because it had a built-in accelerometer. Mm-hmm. A, a cartridge. Cartridge. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of like kirby's dream course with less golf um because you were just playing as like ball kirby and you would rotate the game boy to move kirby around and i definitely remember in order to jump you had to like flick the game boy and kirby would kind of like bounce up in the air Hmm. so what is what is nintendo's deal with buttons it seems like for a long time They just decided, you know what? We need more games where we don't use any fucking buttons. We need to be like swinging something or tilting something. Just we don't want you pressing any buttons. This is like one of the earliest instances of that. Yeah, they like built this whole game around it. Like, David, do the buttons in this game actually do anything? Can you use a button to jump or do you have to flick it? No, I think you have to flick it. So, like, do the buttons do anything besides menu commands? (laughs) I don't think so. No, like I said, it's, no it's, been a, it's been a hot second <laughs> since I've played Tilt and Tumble, but I remember it being all gyro controlled. Um, I remember it being charming and fun because it is a Kirby game. Um, and that's pretty much all I remember. So, yeah, like, what if you want to play this on a Super Game Boy or the Game Boy Player and GameCube? You just have to pick up the whole console and flick it around to jump. All right, well, for the record, I don't think Super Game Boy played Game Boy Color games. That might I might be wrong about that. It should. But, does it? I don't know, man. Did anybody ever try? Now the question is, <laughs> could you play it? Could you play it in like Pokemon Stadium with a transfer pack and just use the ro- you know, just rotate the controller? That that would be the way to play it. Up on a TV and you're just using a Nintendo 64 controller as a steering wheel. That would be a good way. To no play man, this I want to sh- I want to play it on the GameCube Game Boy Player. I want to shake the whole GameCube. That's what I want to yeah. do. Yeah, oh, man, what a what a series of peripherals Nintendo made. Man, got <laughs> that handle. Oh, see, that's what the GameCube handle was for, is for flailing Kirby Tilt and Tumble all over the place. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, 
a cute, charming little game with a very odd gameplay hook that it makes it impossible to re-release. Like when it said only for Game Boy Color, they fucking meant it this time, baby. So uh, we got two songs from Kirby, Tilt and Tumble, and composers Takuya Meikawa, Yoichi, uh, Yoichi Ozaki, and Masami Yone. We've got the simple stage, and we've got the water stage. Guys, I got to tell you, in, in looking at music for this, uh it, it was a little bit sparse on this one i'm glad i was able to find some stuff but like yeah this uh you know like i said you got simple stage you got water stage there may be two other songs in the game it was a, it was a light kirby soundtrack so let's let's hear some tilting and tumbling <laughs> tilt and tumble's got to be one of the worst kinds of water levels like, oh my oh, god can you imagine how slow the ball rolls when you tilt the game boy and it's underwater like oh my <laughs> god this level's gonna take fucking forever uh, but that's when you put your gba underwater <laughs> 
where are you now you tilting tumbling bastard anyway okay <laughs> let's move on to a fantastic late in the game nintendo 64 release that i know we all played because we were all clamoring for another you know we we all loved tetris sphere we loved the new tetris uh we loved uh, magical tetris challenge but we were looking for another updated puzzle game on the nintendo 64 you might even say we had a fever or maybe you had a chill for dr mario 64 yeah mostly look at mostly looking at david on this one <laughs> again i was waiting to see if anybody else was gonna <laughs> jump in um no dr mario 64 was actually really fucking cool oh, um yeah? how it's so? also uh well because it's dr mario um, and Dr. Mario is a classic puzzle game. Uh, they added like a story mode. Um, so you had like different combatants to go against. And the weird thing was like this, this came out in like an odd period in Mario history. Cause it was before like the established Mario crew was kind of set up. Um, so like they weren't really sure who to populate the game with. So, cause you would expect, mm. you know, like the, the Dr. Mario mobile game, you've got Dr. Mario, Dr. Luigi, Dr. Peach and everything. This one, your rival is Wario, which makes, makes sense. sense. But then like some of the other characters that you face are just villains from the Wario land series. Cause they were like, hmm. well, we, we have to bring in like other Wario characters. Right. And, I think like the final boss, it depends who you play as. Cause you can play as Dr. Mario or Wario. And if you play as Wario, the final boss is like metal Dr. Mario or metal Mario. Huh. But the final boss version of Wario is vampire Wario from like Wario land three. Oh. Cause again, they're like, Oh, instead of putting in Bowser, they're like, well, we got to stick with Wario. Uh, wh what other, what other Wario characters are there? Like, huh. How yeah, about I Wario? Thought they would have put in that terrifying fucking clown from Wario Land Three, uh, Rudy. I think he shows up in it, but okay, I know good. you yeah. can for sure play against Vampire Wario. Interesting. Like, did Nintendo not know that they had already created Waluigi? Like, was he just not on you know on deck? Like, was he strictly a tennis character at that point? They hadn't decided like, oh yeah, you know, let's put that a. Uh, that lanky, you know, fucking Wario guy in there. No, no, we'll just do bizarre. It'll be a, it'll be a weird secret Wario Land sequel game. <laughs> you know, Dr. Mario 64, the secret continuation of the Wario Land series on Nintendo 64. Uh, makes sense. Why not? Um, but yeah, it looks fun. Uh, you know, four player Dr. Mario sounds like a blast. Yeah, it is. As, you know, like... Yeah, like. <laughs> And so I assume it, it follows the Tetris model of like, you know, you dump extra pills on your fucking rivals or some shit, or, or well, I yeah, guess not sure. extra pills, extra viruses. Uh, no, yeah. you would drop the like extra pill blocks that would like land and you've got like one yellow virus, two yellow pills, and then all of a sudden here's a red pill. It's like, fuck. Right. Yeah. You red pill your enemies. Yeah, gotta watch out for that red pill. Yeah, I just uh, picked a random color, y'all. It's okay. Like, there's only there's only three, David. You you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, Doctor Mario sixty four was a lot of fucking fun. 
yeah man it, it it looks like it sounds like it too because yeah. you got fun uh fun remixes from composer who hirokazu hip tanaka baby oh yeah he came back and did it himself so we got two fantastic songs from dr mario 64 uh we've got kk and we've got the chill remix play it Thank you. 
yeah interesting uh interesting music in that chill remix man I, you know a little tootie a little snare drummy but uh yeah kind of dig it it's different it's fun chill's just a good song what a fucking mess of a song i love it um and so we're composing or we're no, not composing we're closing closing out april of 2001 with a bizarre out of nowhere pick uh that you know honestly i wasn't aware of until i started doing the uh, research for this episode but yeah, I, I listened to the soundtrack and I was captivated by it. And it's got a fantastic composer and it's got an interesting license. And I'm sure nobody has played it because it's a licensed game for the Game Boy Color. I uh, want to talk to you guys about the Power Rangers. Time Force. Hmm. What do you know about this Time Force? Have you guys stopped watching Power Rangers by then? I know we were all pushing 16. Uh, yeah. Were, were we done with Power Rangers, boys? <laughs> Publicly, yes. Privately, yes. i i dropped off after space like i watched space for a while but after that i was like no so i i missed time force i think i stopped watching power rangers in about second grade or so and i I know i missed a lot of fun but like is time uh, force the one with the dog oh god i hope it is because i know one of them and i feel like one of them involving time like one of the characters is like a humanoid dog. Cool. Which I one? mean, not not based on the cover of this. It has five just regular looking humans. I mean, Power Ranger looking humans. But uh, no, I don't. I don't see a dog on this one, David. <laughs> Which ones meet the Ninja Turtles? That's no, that was space. That's a space. Oh man! See, time would have made sense. They could have gone back to feudal Japan with RoboCop. Oh man! Fucking... Right on oh. horses. Yeah, God. God, imagine the Power Rangers charging into battle on horses and then the horses form the Megazord. Oh, just a bunch of like horse meat, like pushed together. (laughs) Just for some reason, five giant robot horses just form a a large man instead of a large horse. horse. It's Megazord made of giant horse dicks. (laughs) Just. Whoa. Johnny. Johnny, we've been talking this whole time about horses, and not once has anybody mentioned a dick. God, Johnny. God. To the glue okay. factory with you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, you're just like on... just like that fucking horse that lost the Kentucky Derby. You are out the back door <laughs> to oh. the factory. Bam. <laughs> Soup and sandwich. Glue coming soon. <laughs> I was busy looking up the um dog Power Ranger. His name is Anubis and he's from SPD. So oh, not time dope. force. That's so Power Rangers SPD. That's the one where they deal with crimes that are especially heinous. Uh, they're in a sexual nature. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's uh, yes, Power Rangers CSI. special perverts department. <laughs> <laughs> Power Rangers super perverted department. <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine if Ice T was Zordon? <laughs> It'd be pretty good, man. <laughs> Need some fucking rangers with attitudes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> power rangers. I need you to like, kill the police. <laughs> then just like beaming into the command center. It's like sword on. We heard there was an emergency. Yeah. So. <laughs> she, she, oh man. She hey, was hey, hooked, hey, hey, hey. She was hooked on Zed Punch. It's, <laughs> it's made of leftover oh. putty <laughs> and moon dust. 
God, yeah. Uh, there should be a Power Rangers SVU. Anyway, we got Power Rangers Time Force for the Game Boy Color. Uh, and composer Iku Mizutani, fantastic video game composer, fantastic Game Boy Color soundtrack. Your bonus beats for April of 2001. We got three songs. Chapter 1, The Silver Hills, Present Day. Chapter 3, The Fabled City, parentheses, Present Day. And final chapter, The Secret Base, Present Day. I'm sorry that I stuck us in the present for the Time Force. There should have been a past and the future but the songs are just too goddamn good man that you know it's a it's a good soundtrack man so we'll see you guys in april of 2011 here we go power rangers time force
All right, guys, here we are, uh, 10 years in the past, April of 2011, and man, oh, man, uh, the, the releases were surprisingly sparse. I got to tell you guys, that, you know, it, it's almost like they, the companies just weren't putting out their hitters, man. I, I got to, again, you know, next time we do this, it won't be coming off of Johnny's vacation, so he'll be able to properly do a shovelware corner because it's like, oh, there's a ton of games coming out. We can't talk about any of them. They don't exist. Like, you know, they just basically, they should have just pumped these Wii and DS games straight into a landfill. Like, they just, they never even happened. So we're not talking about any of them. So we got to go straight to the PSP. And Jesse, I want to talk to you about a game that maybe you played on the PSP. I'm talking about a complete collection of one game, apparently. You know, talking about Final Fantasy IV, the complete collection for PSP. Oh, okay. Um... You know, I don't. I don't think I played it on the PSP, but I have played Final Fantasy IV, and it's really good. Yeah, dope. Uh, was there? Am I misremembering it? Was there a game like Final Fantasy IV: The After Years? Maybe that's yes. what they're talking about with yeah. the complete collection. So it's like a PSP update of that, and then uh, like the After Years. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. That's got to be what it is, right? Because like, how could it, it? It puzzled me seeing the complete collection of Final Fantasy IV, like. No, like, what was I'll the, tell you the complete collection. It's was, a one-volume collection. <laughs> was, was the After Years the one where they all stare at each other while a narrator does some voiceover? Yep. <clears throat> totally. Oh, wait, that's the Wonder Years that I'm thinking no, of. Yeah, Johnny, you could have just let the thing go. I was about to do a reference. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I'm, it, it's all right. I'm still waiting for the Uematsu cut. Oh, yeah. Wait. Huh? Well, I figured because it's like a complete edition, but is it really the complete edition? So you'd want like the Snyder Cut version mm. where it's like 400 hours instead of 100 say, hours. It, so it's Final Fantasy IV, but double the length yeah. and all of the colors been removed? Yeah. See, I, you know, by the like, I was thinking with the after years, like maybe that's Final Fantasy IV, but the only original character left was like Screech and Principal Belding. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but and then the complete collection you know everybody's all together but no that's that's not it either um but it, yeah it's a it's a fun collection of final fantasy 4 content on the psp it's got a fun remade soundtrack uh from composer uh hold on let me am i seeing this right is it it's nobu amatsu oh my goodness yeah what a what a guy not obviously the composer not the arranger it was arranged by numerous other guys but uh it's got a good soundtrack and I, I got the unlabeled soundtrack, so I went with the one song based on that unlabeled soundtrack that I know. Final Fantasy IV, Theme of Love, baby. You gotta have it. And then maybe Jesse can fill me in on what this other song is. I doubt it, but it's definitely some sick-ass battle music. So let's hear some Final Fantasy IV Complete Collection. Thank you. 
Let's uh, act as though we just finished listening to sick ass battle music from Final Fantasy. So Johnny was fucking his wife last night, <laughs> and uh, man, that's the music he was listening to for sure. You know, you you couldn't hear all the chatter going on behind the music, but it definitely involved just you know that. That's making, what it was making macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. That's that's what he calls it. He calls it easy mac. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, moving on from Johnny's Easy Mac to another fantastic game from April of 2011. Uh, also for the PSP, you know, I, I feel like I, I bring up a lot of PSP games, probably because they stand out and I haven't listened to them, and so it's fun for me to you know check these out. Jesse, did you even own a PSP? You had a PSP. Right? I did. Yes. Okay. Did you play Patapon Three? No, but I'm familiar with like what it looks like and stuff. Cute games, right? Yeah, they they look pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. They made three of these? They apparently did, David. Yes. Uh, so this is Patapon 3, released April of 2011. Um, you know, Patapon 3, cold in the third one. Uh, <laughs> you know, what a game. You know, these Patapons, you know, what a rich, uh, rich storied history these characters have. Like, you know, they are little black shapes with eyes and weapons and whatnot. And uh, they, uh, the music is dynamic and based on, like, the rhythm of the fight. It's... Uh, I don't know that like these things need numbered sequels. You <laughs> <laughs> like, just wasted our time, Pat I'm, I'm just no, I'm just saying you can just you know what are you even I, doing? I Add DLC or something. Like just you know, fucking keep on updating that first one. Like what you know, where else uh you know, just, like why is something. why is there even a plot section of the Wikipedia? You know, especially when you know I love a mm, Wikipedia plot entry. Plot. Pat upon three begins where the previous game ended. Thank you, Good. Wikipedia, for that information. That makes sense. The Patapons finish the Rainbow Bridge and have crossed to a new land where they find a large, mysterious box. They open the box. Seven evil archfiends come out and petrify everyone. And uh, yada, yada, yada. You, you get into battles with uh, adorable little shape creatures. It's a, it's a cute game. I like it. You know, I would play a collection of this. A, a reasonably play, uh, priced collection. I would pop that on a, on a PS4 or something and play that. But that probably already exists. I don't know. It's uh, it's adorable. And it's published by Sony themselves. So surely it's, uh, this get, gets re-released from time to time. Or maybe not. Maybe it was so PSP specific that Patapon lives there. It shouldn't. Uh, it's cute. It seems uh, seems like kind of thing that maybe doesn't need to continue, but like should be re-released. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, you know, give it to us again and again and again. Like, you know, it, it's, it's too cute not to be so dismissive. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, uh, like, the, like again, it's like, fine, you know, good job, but don't do it again. It looks you know? super cute, but like, do we need Patapon Four? You know, is this fucking Uncharted? No, it's Patapon. <laughs> they're they're little shape guys. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I think it looks it looks charming. I would play it if only that were possible. But anyway, we got uh, we got. I was going to do two fantastic songs, but I also wanted to include a third because the songs are short. We got three songs. It's not your bonus piece, but we got three songs from Pat Upon Three. Three for three. Uh, we've got the title music. We've got organization, parentheses, organization. And then we've got world map, parentheses, world map.
Hell yeah, guys. So, Pat Pun 3. Cute. Worthwhile. There. You got me to say it. Um, so, let's move on to a series that I know Johnny's a big fan of. A uh, series that really uh, found its stride on the Dreamcast and was still continuing in 2011 for the PS3 and 360. I'm, of course, talking about Virtua Tennis. Virtua Tennis 4, guys. It was time. Johnny, you uh, play a lot of Virtua Tennis? No, um, I got disappointed when I found out that, um, you know, I got really hooked on playing this Waluigi in tennis games. So when I found out that Waluigi is not part of the virtual tennis series, I just really lost a lot of interest. That's true. Yeah, you you drew a line in the sand in 2001. You're like, you know, never again will I play a tennis series without Waluigi. Yeah, and I, and I haven't. Yeah, well, good for you, man. Way to way to stick to your guns on that one. Uh, yeah, David or Jesse, did you ever actually uh, you ever play any of the virtual tennis games? <laughs> I did I, not. No. Uh, on Dreamcast, I played it. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, fun, uh, yeah, kind of simplish tennis game. Real good. Yeah. I yeah. You know, why uh, why at that point or you know at this point at any point, what's the deal with Virtua as a license or like as a series kind of thing? Like, did a was this so Virtua Fighter and like Virtua Racing adjacent that they really thought the need to call it Virtua Tennis? Like, you know, does it? Is it an arcade I, game? I mean, like, what? what is it that... What makes something Virtua? I think it started with Fighter and Racer because they use, like, virtual 3D graphics to, like, right. show how advanced they were. And it just kind of continued on from there as, like, a loose series. Yeah. Feels like by this time, they should have somehow licensed it to involve, like, real-world tennis players i don't know if you know i mean that's thing like you know i say like oh i should have gotten the license like you know would name the governing body of tennis like you know maybe maybe it's not such a good license maybe they were right to stick with virtua <laughs> the city of wimbledon right exactly oh yeah should have just called it virtual wimbledon um or gotten a you know the most popular tennis player of the time it should have been rafael nadal's sega smash tennis or some such thing you know roger federer uh, roger sega Segaterer um you, you see where i'm going with this you know just get get us get a fucking famous tennis player and put them on the cover don't you know instead of virtua tennis federer tennis nadal tennis uh Djokovic tennis um, tennis oh god yes okay actually you know now we're talking man what's uh what's what's the name of the uh, uh who's the more recent very popular female tennis player that i can't think of venus williams serena williams one of those uh very popular fucking tennis players <laughs> you know put any of them as the name on the cover this sells more copies than virtua tennis anyway it's uh virtua tennis it has all those people on the cover they just didn't give it their name uh it's uh, it's got some fun tennis tunes it's uh composed by the second sound team we got two songs we got stage music one and we've got stage music three from virtua tennis let's uh, let's let's hit the old fuzzy green ones around for a few minutes
Yeah, pretty good tunes for a Virtua fighting game. No, wait, it's still Virtua Tennis. Uh, pretty good tunes for a tennis game, too. What is tennis if not a fight where uh, instead of hitting each other, you uh, hit a small ball back and forth and score points? Hmm? Think about it. I mean, yeah, that's that seems accurate to me. Exactly. So moving from one fighting game to maybe arguably a more accurately uh, assessed fighting game, I want to talk about a pretty cool fighting game that came out 10 years ago. Ties into a movie that came out just recently. Uh, this is the ninth game in a series, and the third movie in the series just came out. We're talking about Mortal Kombat, also known as Mortal Kombat 9 on uh, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. What God, a fucking game, guys. Mortal Kombat 9 was 10 years ago? Yeah, dude. This was Mortal Kombat 9. They, and they just called it Mortal Kombat to not confuse people. But, you know, because they lost the numbering system there for the 3D shit entries. Um, and then they found their stride again, baby. Like, Mortal Kombat got fun again. <laughs> yeah. God, they should have done this shit years ago. Like, they really lost their way with Deadly Alliance and Annihilation and uh, uh, Armageddon or whatever, you know. What were the other ones? You know, all those 3D shit ones. Uh, DC Universe. Ooh, huge mess. Mm. Um, but yeah, they got back to it, man. Did you guys play the uh, played Mortal Kombat 9? No, I did not play that one. Really? No, but I know a lot about it. Yeah, you should have played it. It's fun. It introduced those x-ray moves. Uh, those are sick. It, you know, so it introduced meter to Mortal Kombat, which is cool. Like you can build up super moves and use a little bar of it to do, a, you know, like a super armored move or build up a full bar of it and do an X-ray move, which really should be a fatality based on the X-rays that they're showing on screen. Like if you stab two knives into someone's eye sockets and then like crush their head, that should be a fatality. It should not merely be a super combo. Like the, the character you're fighting should not stand back up and continue fighting at that point. But hey, what do I know? It's Mortal Kombat. Who says it has to make any sense? Yeah, yeah um, they, they did. Yeah, they they all should be dead. But, you know, it's uh, it, it was a lot of fun, man. Um, I was I just remember being excited because I like when it was coming out, it's like, oh, it's Mortal Kombat. And they kind of got it back in a, you know, 2D uh, plane. I'm like, OK, fucking finally. Like, I was so done with 3D ish, just shitty Mortal Kombat. And uh, yeah. They righted the ship, is, man. <laughs> this is the one where they they went like all in on the story. Yeah, because that was the they thing. actually go, like, like a good a story, story mode, <laughs> or I mean, good ish. Like the story's crazy, but like they they had they finally did an actual story mode. It wasn't just like arcade and like you know little glimpsy endings and things. They had a you know they had the story mode, which was a lot of fun, and kind of has become like the hallmark of the series now. Like they do good story modes. <laughs> And that was one thing that I thought was really cool in this game and what made me want to play it was because like they go back in time and like weird time travel shenanigans, alternate world splitting timelines and that kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things was Sub-Zero went into whatever like cyborg program instead of like smoke. So you got to play a cyber Sub-Zero. Ooh, the ice machine. Yes, he's just, just a freezer at that point, right? <laughs> Cyber Sub Zero is just an ice machine in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, he volunteered for this program and then unwittingly turned out to be a fucking hotel ice machine. <laughs> oh, it'd be good, but no, I mean, it is like I love stuff like that, and I, I gotta play. Uh, I haven't played 11, 
Um, but I want to because yeah, apparently the story of that is good. just fantastic, and it's got they got fucking what's his name uh, from the first movie back to play Shang Tsung again. I'm like, okay, man, I, whew, they're pulling out all the stops to get me to play this again. I gotta, I gotta jump back into this, but uh, it's pretty cool, a lot of fun. And this one also, they added the they like uh, started doing the DLC with the uh, the movie characters and shit. This one had Freddy Krueger. Um, a lot of fun stuff going on in this game, man. You know, kind of like a, just a good reboot, refresh of the series. So, uh, you know, to that end, we've got two fantastic songs from Mortal Kombat 9, some throwbacks, uh, some remixes of some earlier music in the series. We've got The Pit, and we've got Shao Kahn's Coliseum, both composed by series composer Dan Forden.
Good old Mortal Kombat music. What's your favorite Mortal Kombat fatality? Let's go around the horn. Quick, David, what is it? Oh, God. Why couldn't you have started with somebody else? That's all right. Johnny, what's your favorite Mortal Kombat fatality? Uh, who rips out the spine? That's a classic. Sub-Zero, baby. That oh, is a perfect. Stone Cold classic. Jesse, what do you got? Uh, Kano has some pretty good ones. Yeah. Uh, they- I know in the, the recent new one, he uses like a broken beer bottle, which is pretty fucked up. That's fun. Uh, uh, I've always been a big fan of Jack's, uh, just like ripping off your arms and beating you with them. That's good. Uh, and the one where he inexplicably turns huge and smushes you, like in Mortal Kombat three, I think that was great. David, what do you got? I couldn't remember his name, and I had to look up his name. Um, Kung Lao, with oh, yeah. the fucking like hat, and we're. Uh, I think it's actually it might actually be in nine where he throws it, it into the ground like a buzzsaw and then just like pulls you in half. Yeah, somehow nice. inexplicably he's able to create a table saw on the ground with his hat, and then just pulls you on it and fucking splits you in half. That's uh, it's fucking. That's the other thing. Like, I, I didn't need to recount all the fatalities for this game, but like the fatalities got fucking disgusting in nine. <laughs> like, man, they were glorious. So, uh, yeah, man, Mortal Kombat nine. What a game. So moving on to the final game of the evening, we've reached the end of the show and we've reached a fantastic game that I'm, I think we actually did all play this one. I'm hopeful that we all played this one. I definitely played it. And I assume you guys did. Cause you guys are similar nerds and fans of fantastic games. Uh, I want to talk to you about a fantastic, another sequel, uh, only the second game in the series. I don't think there's going to be a third. Portal 2. Oh, yes. Released April of 2011. What a fucking game. Great game. Mm-hmm. Johnny, yeah. did you play it? I've never played either Portal game. Wow, we... Fuck. Wow. These are so, like, in your wheelhouse, John. Yeah. Yeah, like, nihilistic humor and portals like it's fucking great man and also like the first game you can beat in like three hours yeah oh, that's nice yeah yeah just fucking like, do it you you should really at least play the first portal yeah and then play the second one because you'd be like oh that was fun i should probably play the other one and guess what it'll be a ton of fun god what great games there's also and i've never played it though in portal 2 there's a cool co-op mode apparently that's like Fuck a yeah there is story and i would love to play it with like one of you guys that actually like vaguely knows how to play a first person shooter game 10 years ago i had no one to play that with and hmm. my sister came over and we played it together and i had to explain to her basically how first person shooter controls work and you know what we still had a really fun time because like it's just that fun it, you know, it's like each of us directing each other to try and solve a puzzle. And then like when you do, oh, man, the satisfaction of, you know, portals and teamwork combined. Whew, fantastic time. What a fucking game. And, uh, you know, the, the single player itself is fucking just immense. Like uh, love, love, love the little expansions of the world. Love, uh, you know, that Wheatley cave Johnson cave Johnson yes. cave motherfucking Johnson. Hell yeah. Johnny, you're telling me, you know, we didn't, I guess, whenever we talked about Portal 2 on the show proper and played a shitload of Cave Johnson quotes, you never told me that you hadn't played the game. I wouldn't I, have played all those Cave Johnson quotes for you, baby. I was just in it for the J. John Jameson, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, you got a game in which you can shoot portals out of a gun and listen to J.K. Simmons record funny messages. Like, Johnny, this game, it's great. You should play it. <laughs> I say, I, I definitely, wow, I said J. Jonah Jameson. It, it, we knew what you meant. Yeah, it, it was fine. I mean, like they're one and the same to yeah. me. You know, potato, <laughs> potato. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but 
anyway, uh, man, what a fucking game. Uh, super fun expansion of the uh, the first. Uh, and did, did I read somewhere that somebody recently modded this and made another Portal game where they also added like a Time Blaster? Uh, oh, God. Too much. I don't know, but that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds a bit too much, but at the same time, like, color me really intrigued. <laughs> like, what would the time aspect even do? Like, you know, uh, just I'm picturing, like, jumping through portals and then they're, like, opening and closing at the right time. I'm just like, oh, no, that, ooh, those puzzles, that, that hurts my brain to even think about. But uh, we'll see, man. I, I would love another portal game. Uh, you know, what's Valve up to these days besides just stacking money? Nothing. I think that's about it. Yeah, they make any, do they make games? <laughs> They're done. That was one thing that I thought was really cool was the first portal is obviously all about portals. Um, and then the second one came out. It's like, oh, I can't wait to see like what new portal puzzles they make. But they added so many other extra things like the fucking light bridges and the goose. Oh, and- yeah, and the goose. <laughs> Forgot about the goo. Yeah. How can we mention portal two without mentioning the gel? Yep fucking love that repulsion gel and, the, and like the slick gel oh man god yeah the game's so fun uh man love it love everything about it love those robots love gladys love uh yeah mm, god what a 10 what an absolute 10 this game is uh and a great way to great way to end the show what a what a fun game uh episode of gtt gems it's been thanks guys for being here we appreciate it uh thank you everybody for listening we appreciate you guys being patrons uh, shout out to the Patreon super fans. Oh, here we go. Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford, Stevens, Daniel Perky, Taylor Wise, Sam L. Mork, Tasty, Grimmery, Phoenix here, 2121, The Last Recon, and Unsettled Zebra. You're all fantastic, and we love you. Well, let's get to the, get together and play some Portal 2 at some point. That would be a lot of fun. Um, sure, they've got a 12-player co-op mode, especially <laughs> for a Patreon. Uh, it'd be pretty good. Um, uh, 12 portals going around oh my Dude, god yeah oh god, god. just i mean they should just have like a portal like you know battle portal royale. Fortnite. Battle royale portal Fortnite. 99 yeah oh man yeah just like do Fortnite, but with portals like and there's you can't even kill each other it literally is just everybody <laughs> on a big playground playing with portals i'd be into it that's <laughs> like, so that nice sounds my like the best version of like apex is just you know, all the guns shoot portals and there's no dying so eventually everybody's in a small space jumping in and out of portals and the game never ends two thumbs up um <laughs> you're trapped forever yeah you're trapped in a small circle you never should have played this game you cannot leave or turn it off can't turn your computer off or yeah what happened this, this thing used to have a button um but yeah, so we got three fantastic songs from the uh, Portal 2 soundtrack and the Aperture Science Psychoacoustics Laboratory. We've got Defund Bots Build Bots, Bots Build Bots. We've got Wheatley Science and we've got Robots FTW, baby. That's right. Robots Fuck the World. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> Is that not what FTW stands for? I don't think that's what that stands for. <laughs> no, that's, that's what it stands for. Pretty sure that's what it stands for, man. Robots fucking the world. Um, you know, sounds fucking great. I've always said there's nothing better for the inside of the world than the outside of a robot. And uh, you know, we uh, we super appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll catch you next month with another edition of GTT Gems. Peace out, everybody.
Yeah, that's right. We're not some basic bitch show that plays fucking the vocal track from the end of the game. What do you take us for? Come on, man. We've all heard Want You Gone. Ain't happening. Anyway, great show. Love it. Yeah.